love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Canadian Love Map. In honor of Mother's Day, we thought we'd get some moments with mothers today from guests from past episodes of our podcast. For our first clip, we're going back to episode three of our first season, the story of how an international adoption forged a huge, happy, extended family. The self-named Guiping girls have formed a true sisterhood, and so have their mothers. We were together as, first as strangers, yeah. and it took 18 months to bring the girls home. So uh, we, the parents developed a friendship, and definitely the mothers developed a sisterhood <laughs> uh, long before we were lucky enough to meet the girls and bring them home. Tell me about that. First of all, the going to China and bringing them home. Oh, Joy ahead. It was joyful and traumatic, I think, at the same time, you know. Um, we were all nervous, like, for the moms. None of the moms had ever, we were first-time parents, you know. So you're, you know, just like any parent who becomes a parent for the first time, you're wondering, can I do this? We were wondering, can I do this in a foreign country, you know, um, where we didn't really know what to expect. But I would say, you know, for all of us, it was, you know, love at first sight. Like, just the minute we held our girls, we were, you know, just so excited to have finally reached that point. Um, some of, you know, there was some crying and tears from some more than others, the, the girls, because it was a very difficult experience for them. But it sure didn't take long for them all to bond and for families to become families and then for the larger family to continue to to bond so i mean we were in china in hotel each other's hotel rooms you know with the girls crawling around on the floor and playing with each other and that has continued you know to today you know we're how old were they 11 months old oh wow Oh my gosh, they really were crawling around on the floor. I can just, I have this image yeah. of this yes, scene yeah. now with yeah. five yeah. of them. Yeah. And was there a moment when you thought, oh, what do we do now? Here we've uh, got these babies, these every five Every moment. <laughs> <laughs> but the good part was there was somebody you could always say, you know, like, is this happening to you? Or, I mean, you guys went through issues with like sleep, you know, like coming home, like getting... Your, yeah. your daughter to sleep or, you know, and you had that person that you could call and say, you know, what are you doing? How are you making it work? Yeah. And were the girls close from, well, day one almost? I, I think they've been close, you know, as close as, you know, any kids who, who grow up knowing each other for their entire life. I mean, we started out with those, you know, weekly play dates on Friday, but we've we've done family traveling and trips together you know three of our families went back to china when the girls were eight and spent a month traveling through china together we've every summer we go and spend you know three or four days in you know prince edward island together we you know they're together a lot you know 
Um, and that's just physically together that now, since in the last two or three years, it's all the social media connection that they have with each other too. So they spend hours <laughs> reaching out to one another. We've talked about what it was like when your girls were babies. That sisterhood among the moms has really blossomed over the years. So in spending so much time cultivating our daughter's sisterhood, we very quickly developed our own. But now there's this whole Just friendship. social <laughs> friendship piece, right? And we're always planning trips and dinners and more trips. And these women are a mainstay in my life. And like the, like the girls, I can't manage without the moms either. When we're older and we have our own families, I would hope that our kids would be close together like us and uh, do fun things and go on adventures and stuff. That's exciting to think about, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, pro we're probably going to end up exactly like our mom. So, oh, yeah, no, I can... uh, they're not sleeping. Is your sleeping? Like... <laughs> Next, we hear from Marie and Jamie. They shared their love story with us, but they also shared their love for their daughter. It sounds like you both were on the same page that you knew you wanted kids. Yep. Oh, yeah. What was that conversation like? Before we even met, we had that conversation. <laughs> oh, because you were so clear on what you wanted, probably. We're pretty, both of us were pretty clear on that one. Yeah, we wanted to make sure kids were in our future. So in that first stage of your relationship that was long distance, he was in Australia, you were in Halifax, and you were already saying, putting it right out front, this is what I want, this is what I need from a relationship. Yeah, it's no fun finding out two years in they don't want kids, right? Yeah, so it's, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we were very upfront with each other what we wanted. Where did the name come from? Did you, did you agree? You say you're so compatible. Things are so easy. Was that an easy conversation? No, no, it no. was between two names. It was between Veronica and Juliet. I really liked Juliet. Jamie really liked Veronica and it was an homage to his dad. They wanted to nickname her Ronnie so that it was close to, to Ronald. Ron, uh, another thing, your dad is a huge Veronica and Betty fan. Yeah, from Archie. Oh, you're yeah. kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> is she like that? Well, she's three now, right? Yeah. yeah. Almost. And, okay, so what kind of personality sh does she have at three? Big one. <laughs> Lots Big one. of drama. H head of the pack. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come on, friends. Let's go, friends. Just stay here. I'll go into the park, and she wants to be the front. Oh, my goodness. And she's good at manipulating mom. Very good. <laughs> Not so much dad, but very good with mom. She's our everything, for sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melanie was our guest for episode five of season two. She talked about her love for Carter, her son who was born with Down syndrome. As mothers, we often hope to inspire our children, but in Melanie's case, Carter has inspired her. You landed on our radar here at the Canadian Love Map because you wrote a beautiful piece in Maclean's magazine about how the pandemic gave you the gift of understanding how Carter lives all the time. Can you tell us about that? 
for sure. Um, I think what it opened up for me was um, the limited capacity that we all shared suddenly. It was, oh, hey, I can't just go out and see somebody and talk to them and have a conversation and make that connection. I can't easily do what I want to do. Um, the, the thing that really highlighted that for me was when I was doing a Zoom call with a committee that I chair. And during the call, something went wrong. I couldn't get the sound to work. And I was stuck there watching from the periphery and, and going, this is so frustrating. Why can't I contribute to this? And, you know, at points trying to wave and say, hey, I've got something to say here and writing it on a piece of paper or texting it to another committee member and asking them to say it for me. And it was really not until the end of it that I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's what Carter does on a daily basis. When he can't speak clearly and have somebody understand him, he tries to act it out or he starts to get silly or he starts to get frustrated. And, you know, sometimes what comes out as behavior, it's, it's still communication. He's still trying to communicate with you. And I think for me, it just brought to the forefront of how hard he tries and how resilient he is in, in his efforts to try to be understood. And it just, it changed how I saw him. It changed um, how I saw how strong he was. And I think it just, I don't know, it opened up a different part of me as a mother that I hadn't been aware of before. I was just going to say, it probably made you an even better mom. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> We mothers are so hard on ourselves. <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. I, I never thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I don't think I was a natural at it. Um, it took me a long time to be comfortable being at home. And now I feel like it was the best thing that ever happened to me. In some ways, it feels like a 15-year um, nap. <laughs> but it broke me in ways that I'd never expected to be broken. It built me in ways I never expect to be built up. It has absolutely given me a purpose. Um, I can look back on my life now and see things that were pivotal that are helping me now in this, um, you know, this effort for acceptance and inclusion um, and, and equality. It's, it's helping me in, in my efforts now that I never, ever would have thought. You might remember Andrew and Olivia. They were a couple before the pandemic hit, but in lockdown, they became a duo as well, writing and recording music. Andrew's mom happens to love Olivia and she loves their songs, but here's the twist. I'm Andrew's mom. The first date I was putting on like a front, like I was, I, I didn't know how to communicate with new people. So I was doing like this weird performative version of myself and kind of toning it down. I'm but still it, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, like on our second date, our second first date, I, I was just fully myself. I was like, I'm gonna be super weird. I'm just gonna open up and see if like that lands at all because I, I couldn't deal with not being my, I, it felt weird to not be. And I think that's what tripped me up the first time. And it worked. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that for me, the turning point was actually meeting Nancy, was meeting you. Oh, wow. And I always say this, that... <laughs> okay, you're not just saying it because I'm not just saying it. I'm not. No, away. I swear. I swear for the record, I'm not. I say this in private too. Come on. Um, and so, yeah. So I, 
when I met Nancy, it was like a big day for me because not only was I meeting, um, I'm about to blow it, my boyfriend's mother for the first time. Um, I just blew the whole twist of that. Sorry, <laughs> this is not my podcast. <laughs> but I, so I, I, um, I was also the day that I was in a dress run for my show that I'd written. Like it was this whole show that I had um, for the festival that I was doing for my graduating year. And so I was nervous about that, but I was more nervous about meeting Nancy. And we go out and... It was Nancy's birthday and she brought me a present, which was really nice. <laughs> and then it was, I was totally calm. And then I left that going, wow, like this guy's great. His mom's really great. So this is I awesome. Like I don't like the order of that. <laughs> and, and then I left there and I was like, oh, now I have a whole other thing to worry about. I have this whole show to like on my back. And then the dress rehearsal went really bad. So. It's good when the yeah. dress rehearsal yeah. goes bad. Mm -hmm. And it right? turned out to be exactly that. It went really well. That way um, the opening goes great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is hilarious. Yeah. And you haven't told me that before. And I'm, I, I'm <laughs> thrilled and flattered at the same time and suspicious. Well, I love your relationship as Andrew's mom. I will say that it's such a treat for a mother to see your son, particularly mm. in a relationship with a beautiful, confident funny, outgoing young woman. And I've got two sons who match that description right now. So that's pretty mm -hmm. special. We'll have to get the others in there, in here another time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now we're on to Canadian Celtic sweethearts, Natalie and Danelle. They are two of the most accomplished fiddlers in the world, but they're also parents to seven wonderful children. On their episode of the Canadian Love Map, Natalie had some beautiful words about being a mother. Did you dream that uh, this many years later you'd have seven kids? No, and we both obviously wanted children and were, were open to whatever we could receive, you know, and we were given seven little sweethearts. And uh, Mary Frances is now 15, Michael is 13, Claire is 12, Julia is 10, Alec is eight, Sadie is six and Maria is two. Oh my gosh. What has motherhood meant to you? Oh my goodness. Nancy, you're going to turn me into a wreck here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. More of the same. You just, you just, you just feel so much love for your kids. That's the part that, that just really is overwhelming all the time. You know, no matter if you're, you know, if you're getting angry at your kids, you're getting angry because you love them so much and you want to teach them good things to take with them. And I always say to my kids, I said, it takes a lot for me to get angry. So, you know, know that I, I love you so much. I'm trying to show, impress upon you that, you know, that was wrong or this is the way something should happen. And, and so you feel that all the time. You feel that through the joy, you feel like this, this love that's intense and always there, no matter what circumstance is going on. And I feel really grateful to have had seven children. Um, and they're all so wonderfully different and varied. It's, it's, um, it's amazing. You often hear that, oh, they're all so different. Well, yeah, that's, that's what they are. Um, it's not cliche and just they're, they're all such great little gifts and I'm just loving motherhood. 
In our last clip of this special Mother's Day bonus episode, we hear from Joy Saunders, an extraordinary 102-year-old woman who won the hearts of Canadians when she walked her way to raising over $78,000 for VON. But Joy is also a mother of eight, two girls and six boys, and grandmother and great-grandmother to many more. And you I, made great friends in Sydney, didn't you? Oh, I made lots of friends, and uh, including the Graham family. They had 10 children, I had eight. The boys played street hockey. They had to put extra street <laughs> lights up. There were so many kids. <laughs> but those were the baby boomers. Those were the days. You, you had lots of children. It's very different now. I have the most beautiful granddaughters. And uh, some of them, most of them are in their 30s. They don't even think about getting married. They're too busy with their careers and their lives. It's not important anymore, but in those days, it was. But uh, I'm glad I had a big family. It's wonderful. You know, in my old age now, 102, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I should be dead, but I can't, I don't know how. I have the faintest idea. So let me take you back to those early days in Sydney. What was marriage to Jack like? Well, what a question. <laughs> I had eight children. It was pretty fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to our special Mother's Day bonus episode. On behalf of the Canadian Love Map team and Charm Diamond Centres, happy Mother's Day. <laughs>